Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and my employees and I want to thank you for your continued support by bringing you the biggest bath sale ever. Get my six-piece towel sets for the lowest price ever, only $39.96. His and her bathrobes, 50% off. Bath mats for as low as $17.49. And I'm also excited to announce the original My Slippers are back in stock. And now they come in even more colors and wide sizes. They're made with the same great patented technology. And yes, you'll still save $90 a pair. So get the biggest savings ever on bath sheets, bath mats, washcloths, hand towels, bathrobes, slippers, and so much more. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen, use your promo code and get deep discounts on all MyPillow bath products, including our six-piece towel sets, regular $89.98, now only $39.96. Get all your shopping in while quantities last, so please order now. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply, refuse to show vaccine passports, refuse to wear a mask, refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. China. Got us arguing over election results and the boys of vaginas. 
And the healthcare system making people so broke they can pay those bills. They don't even care if you're sick no more. As long as you got money, you should take those pills. Distracted by systemic racism, you can't convince me that concept is real. That's propaganda from the left-wing news. While everyone stands with black people, I don't vote. I don't trust in Donald Trump or Sleepy Joe. Took our soldiers out of Afghanistan. They're homeless when they're home. That ain't woke. The government claiming in God we trust, but I think that it's horseshit. Let me take that back. That's facts, but it's a different God that they worship. They trying to control us, they trying to force us, we living in hell. If their religion means violence and killing, maybe they should start with themselves. What happened to the free world? The land of the brave, but y'all are afraid. What happened to the free world? We used to fight for our sons, now we hide or we run. Soldiers die overseas, so you're free. Show the flag, you get mad, so you need. So unique, how you scream over me. Don't get too close to me, I carry openly. You talk loud, but we know you soft, and you ain't even got a backbone. A young kid left to protect your neck, and he ain't never coming back home. I miss the old days when we disagree, but at least we still had patience. But if I don't think how you want me to think, you turn around and call me racist. Let's not fight, everything's all good, unless of course you white. That's not right, I will never say I'm sorry, that's just life. How you gonna act like a grown ass man, but you really never had no job? Why you getting mad? I ain't wearing no mask and I ain't trying to take no shot. The next few years gonna be rough. Better have thick skin, tree trunk. What they gonna do when we come? Better own more than three guns. What happened to the free world? The land of the brave, but y'all are afraid. What happened to the free world? We used to fight for our sons, now we hide or we run. While you're playing victims and blame politicians for everything fucked up, we stay screaming, fuck the system. Shut up, you should listen. You think that you're different, but you're just fucked up, fucked up. What happened to the free world? The land of the brave, but y'all are afraid. What happened to the free world? We used to fight for our sons, now we hide or we run. And welcome back, fuckers, to Freedom Gardens, our Saturday show. And uh, we're talking about gardening today. I'm very excited. So, and I had to get y'all, you know, nice and calm and relaxed with all those easy songs about sunshine and then drop some Tom McDonald's on you because the world's fucked up and it's really not getting better. But we got to make it better. We got to learn how to take care of ourselves and uh, do the best we can to be self-sufficient. Because who else are you going to depend on to take care of you? Are you sure that there's going to be food in the grocery store the next time you go? Has there been as much as there was the last time you went? Are the prices the same? Are you going to be able to afford it? I'll tell you what. Packet of seeds right now, under five bucks for 250 to 1,000 seeds. Dirt is free. Compost you can make. Sunshine is free. And uh, rain, water can be free, depending on if you're near a, a good water source. So anyway, um, when we first started out with this, we started with uh, almanac.com planting the garden, which was a blast learning about intercropping and high density planting. And then we learned about electroculture 
and building an electroculture garden to pull the magnetism from the air, from the ether, and put it back into the ground because we are all energy. Everything in this world is made up essentially of energy. And a lot of that energy is wasted, released. And best way to get it back is to put some copper wire around a piece of natural wood and stick it in the ground. Um, it's pretty cool, actually. And then I was watching, uh, or actually I was listening to the SGT report the other day um, with the lady that one of the original ufologists that did the series of documentaries about crop circles and something she said struck me. She said that crop circles actually come up from the ground. They're not indentations left by alien spaceships. Um, and they're not, some of them are, but usually they're not people on planks walking around in patterns. It's actually a frequency wave that comes up from the ground. And the plants in those crop circles don't stop growing. They don't die. They actually grow bigger and more, like 40% bigger. And the seeds that they produce also grow 40% bigger and they are disease resistant, pest resistant, um, and drought resistant. Like mother nature, earth is telling us the best way to grow food, to be self-sufficient. And she said that, uh, most crop circles, the ones that come up from the earth, if you look at them from above, you know, very high view, they're in a Fibonacci sequence. They're in a spiral. Nature loves a spiral. It's nature's geometry. And something clicked in my head and I said, oh shit, what if I make an electroculture garden in a Fibonacci sequence, in a spiral? So that's what I did. So um, I've got a whole bunch of videos and uh, more in Telegram that I'm gonna pull down as we go through here. So that, um, and some of them I played a week, two weeks ago, but I'm gonna play them again, sorry. Not everyone was here then, and it's kind of from like start to finish of where we are now. So you get to see the chickens and the ducks and hear the gator story again, all kinds of good stuff. So we'll start with some saying good morning to some chickens here. If I can find my mouse, there it is. Good morning, chickens and ducks. How's everyone doing this morning? Hello. You guys want to come out and hang out? What do you think? I think I'm going to let them explore out today. Why not? Got to meet some stuff. Come on, guys. Guinea's probably going to have to come back, but that's all right. Hello, ducks. So that was the first time that the chickens and the ducks went out of the enclosure. Um, they were pretty excited actually. And initially I kept them in the enclosed garden. So, and I let them do some work in turning the soil and helping me compost and good stuff like that. So, I decided to let them out to play today. And they're having a grand old time. The first step to cleaning up the yard. All right, they're so freaking cute. 
now. So I left the birds alone out here for a while and they've been having a grand old time. The ducks ate the mint down. I was hoping they'd get those stems. Not sure they will though, but they sure are loving that mint there. Huh. They ate out the lettuce bed. That's fine. I'm going to be replanting that soon anyway. And these guys are having a good old fashioned dirt bath right now while they're eating up that root system from the herb bed that was dug under, under there, which is exactly what I was hoping they would do. Look at them. They're just so happy. And chickens really need to take dirt baths because um, it helps them keep parasite down, parasites down and keeps them clean. All right, so this was the winter garden, the West Garden, as Mick loves to laugh at. So I'd say the birds and I got a lot done today. They sure did wreck the peas, but that's okay because I'm going to be pulling those pallets down. I pulled one down already, but all that is cleaned up. Those, I use cold sheets as plant covers when it's gonna frost, which it may one more time, so I'm leaving them out. But they were a little damp from the rain, so I hung them out to dry. And I pulled all the concrete blocks from around this bed. These guys have been having a blast. Cleaned all that up. Put all the leaves into the chicken coop so these guys can have fun playing in them and mulching them for me. Turn them into compost, works great. And then go back in the yard for the garden. So all in all, and they had a blast. I'd say a pretty successful day. And that's just the start of it. So I tell you what, chickens and, and ducks are excellent for working the garden when you want uh, when you want to turn it, but then once you plant it, you really need to keep them out of it because they will tear it back up in a heartbeat. But this is my favorite chicken. Her name is Cookie, Oreo Cookie. She loves to snuggle. Where are you going, little girl? She's my explorer. She's not really supposed to be out here. But since I do want to get them to start going out of the garden and into the rest of the yard, I'm okay with her out here for now. And those bags there on the end of the enclosure are actually filled with compost. Uh, I had three yards of compost delivered at the end of last season um, in the fall. And then we got a late hurricane was supposed to come to hit us, that one that went to Orlando. So rather than potentially lose all the compost in the hurricane, I bagged it up into big contractor bags and I put it around the enclosure to keep it from flooding. And now it actually makes it a lot easier than having to shovel compost into the wheelbarrow and 
lug it over to the garden, I can just drag a bag over. So some more ducks for you. Now, ducks that are raised in captivity do not migrate, so you guys know. Uh-oh, I didn't mean to startle you. There you go. Go back to sleep, my duckies. Go back to sleep, duckies. Sweet duckies. They're so sweet. They're so cute. They do smell a lot, though. They make a lot of mess. So, um, and you really need to have quite a few of them. Ducks are very social creatures. You can't just have one or two like you can with chickens. You really need to have like four or five or six ducks. So, this was a few days later. That video from before while I had the pallets all around um, and uh, all of the green stuff in here. Yeah, that's all gone. Because I pulled the carrots and he ate them all. Um, pulled the celery, ate some of that. The ducks ate some of that. The chickens ate some of that. And uh, yeah. So the chickens have made pretty decent work of turning the yard. They're still chewing on the Brussels sprouts there. But we'll be tilling it probably tomorrow. Look, Heather gave me a uh, little wood thing I can use as a trellis. So yesterday, I cut down some trees. I have these long skinny trees that grow themselves. They're about six feet tall and I stripped them and I put them over here because I'm going to use them as tomato steaks and pepper steaks and whatever needs a steak. So we'll do that out of wood from my yard because cut them down anyway. It's not what not. Hello, chickens. We did lose a guinea yesterday because they didn't want to come in the night before. They didn't realize they could fly because they think they're chickens. And so early in the morning, a raccoon decapitated it. Poor guinea. They have quite torn up the herb bed here. Um, I'm honestly not sure if these grapes are still alive. I'm going to have to cut them all the way back and see. I do still have a blueberry here that's going to start up, cut all the way back, and my lavender that I've got to cut back. So today, oh, and then there's another grape down here. So we'll see if those are still alive. So today, I'm actually going to put some bird netting over this since it's the only concrete bed I have left. It's going to be my herb bed. I'm going to fill those end spots with compost and dirt. I'm going to put some netting over it so that the chickens can't eat what's inside as it's growing. I'm going to plant some herb seeds and we'll go from there. So... They've made pretty quick work of the yard. And I actually put some freeze, uh, like a, a lightweight freeze blanket over that here. Um, so the sunshine can get through. The birds couldn't. Made it a bit easier. 
All right, so my herb bed is covered and filled and planted. Show y'all what I did here. I actually opted to put um, a summer garden blanket over it. I'm gonna put some more clips on it here in just a second. But that way it lets the sunlight in and keeps the chickens out. So we got here. Over here in the corner, we're gonna have a tarragon and then lemon balm. The grapes are gonna come back here. I got some nice new growth there when, uh, or some green stems when I cut them all the way back. I had a rosemary in the back that I went ahead and planted here. And then lavender that was already there. I also pulled the mint from my arrow garden and planted it out here. I would not recommend doing that with most plants, but honestly, mint can pretty much survive anything. So it should be fine. And then I've got more lavender planted in there. Um, lemon balm in with the other set of grapes and then catnip at the very end. So my little garden bed here is good to go. And it should keep this one out. Ooh, she wants in there so bad. It did keep her out actually. But I found that that freeze blanket kept a little bit too much sunlight out uh, not too bad for you know seeds um but kept a little bit too much water out too so i ended up taking it down and closing that garden off so they could not get through um, but before i closed that garden off and moved all the fencing around i started planting potatoes but in order to plant potatoes you have to prep potatoes which is uh interesting so and there's the puppies because they like to help all right y'all it's potato planting day the dogs are going to help me out so there's a couple steps to potato planting and how do i know this because i read the steps on the back of the bag look at that so okay potatoes may be planted as soon as the ground can be worked in early spring they prefer a soil temperature of at least 45 degrees Potatoes can tolerate a light frost, but you should provide some frost protection for the plants when they are young. This can be a loose covering of straw. If you plan to store potatoes through the winter, you can plant a second crop as late as June 15th. Fantastic. All right. So a week or two before your planted planned potato planting date, set your seeds somewhere where they'll be exposed to some warmth between 60 and 70 degrees and lots of light. This will induce them to begin sprouting. A day or two before planting, use a clean knife you slice the larger seed potatoes into sets. Each set should be approximately one to two inches square and must contain at least one or two eye buds. The next day or so, your set will form a thick callus over the cuts, which will help to prevent it from rotting once planted. So that's the spot where we're at right now. So let's get to it. See, I've had these on my front porch for the last couple weeks. They had good sun and warmth. And look at that, they're starting to sprout. Yep. Yeah. So, okay. Good stuff. And I have a couple things I'm going to plant these in. I actually converted an old dresser into a potato planter that I'll show you guys when I plant them in the next video. And, but for now, 
I'm just going to put them in here. See, I have a couple bags of potatoes. We'll go through, but we'll cut them. And then we'll put them just in this bucket here and let them sit out for a couple days. Well, till tomorrow. And tomorrow we'll actually plant them. All right. Let's get to it. All right. And I don't think you guys need to watch me cut potatoes. I'm sure everybody knows how to cut potatoes. Um, really not hard to cut potatoes. So I cut a lot of potatoes. But there was another little trick. And it took me about 10 minutes to cut all those bags of potatoes down, by the way. Um, another little trick that I heard that I wanted to share with you guys. So So I was hoping to get this done before it started to rain, but I was too late because it's raining. So I'm here under the awning now to try and stay dry. So I'm going to start planting here tomorrow, but I need to clean my pots first because I've been using them for a couple of years and you know, there's all kinds of stuff in there, old dirt and stuff that can cause root rot and seedlings. So I need to clean them. So I have a bucket of warm water here. I've actually already put one bottle of hydrogen peroxide in there. And I'm going to put another one in. So it's going to be about two parts hydrogen peroxide to three parts water. Hydrogen peroxide is great. I can even spray it on your plants, um, like half and half on your plants. So I'm literally just going to take my pots and let them soak in here. I'm staying here for a few minutes, as many as I can fit in here. Hello, Annie. Come to help and Seamus as well. So as many as I can fit in here for now, and I'll let them soak for a few minutes. And then, or, you know, them around, take them out, put them over here. Ah, Annie, back them up. Let them dry. It won't hurt her, but I will chew on them. So, this is about to rain. It's a good way to rinse them anyway. Again, eh, Seamus. is well aware of the benefits of hydrogen peroxide but i don't know if you knew this if you'd use it with your plants as well so there you go uh, hydrogen peroxide is such a staple in our house it's not even funny um i mean we literally use it for just about everything you have a sore throat gargle some hydrogen peroxide don't swallow it you'll throw up um you, you got a, a cut or a scrape pour some hydrogen peroxide on it um even you have a bug bite put some hydrogen peroxide on it uh you have a zit put some hydrogen peroxide on it if your plants have mold spray some hydrogen peroxide on them um before you plant your plant, plants clean your pots with hydrogen peroxide so it's it's pretty versatile and inexpensive So here's something else we're growing. 
All right, so we have this bundle of antennas and we have some pots to put them in. We'll see how this works. Today is Monday, February 8th. I don't know, 19th, 20th, 20th, it's President's Day. So you see how little these guys are? This one's nice and big. This one's nice and big. It's gotta go in a flow bag though. But these guys, we're gonna put these antennas in. So let's just see how this goes. I'm just gonna stick this in right there. One. Two. Get. Three. Four. to repot the last one before I put the antenna in there. They are supposed to be facing north, north oriented, which is that way. So I'm just gonna turn them. We'll see how it goes. All right, so, and I ended up actually, the plants have gotten bigger. I moved the stakes a little closer to the plants themselves to use them more like stakes. Um, they're doing well. All right. And then besides my outdoor garden, I also have a large container garden. I, I started actually container gardening, um, at our old house. Cause Mick would not let me tear up the lawn to put in a real garden. Now there's enough land that I can pretty much do what I want. Um, but I still like my container garden. And, you know, when it's cold, it freezes, you can bring them inside. It makes it helpful. So here's my container garment, garden, which is pretty dormant right now for the winter. I'm actually going to move that rosemary out front. The tomatoes pretty much had seeded themselves, and I put them into different pots. That one's huge already. But it's the peppers I'm concerned about because I mostly cut them back. This one's coming back over here, this one there, that one there. But I'm gonna really put the antennas in the peppers right now, see how they do. And they've done well as well. They've all gotten, uh, or most of them have gotten some good new growth with those antennas in them. So I'll actually be moving them into the garden, I think. We'll see. And. So I told you all about my potato bed, my dresser that I transformed. I apologize for the angle. It's weird. Yeah. All right, time to plant potatoes. So the other day we cut down all the potatoes and we let them sit so that they got a nice callus over the crust so that they don't rot. And I repurposed an old dresser to be a potato bed. So 
literally an old dresser, you know, parka board piece of shit. It's falling apart in the back. It's okay. I took the drawers out until all I use those nesting boxes eventually. And I put landscaping fabric over the top and I filled it with compost. And look, I put an antenna in there. So, all right, to plant potatoes. You dig a trench about four inches wide and six to eight inches deep. So that would be good. My hand is four inches, so mid elbow is about six inches. I'll go a little deeper here. Again, hand width apart, four inches and twice as deep on either side. Put the potatoes. You got no a minute, it hasn't spread anything. Cut side down in here. of the potatoes will determine how much of the harvest I get. So I'm going to put about four in each one and I don't want to fill it all the way. I'm going to fill it about halfway with soil right now and then once the stems get bigger I'll put it back up. Um, once they sprout in a couple weeks then we'll put it up. And then over here on this side I'll do the same. So, four inches wide, eight inches deep. And then put the potatoes in. Obviously, there's a lot more potatoes in here than what I can fit in the potato beds here. Although, actually, I could probably do two trenches. Eh, they'll grow out. So, I do also have potato bags that I'm going to be filling up to plant more potatoes and buckets and all kinds of good stuff. So, we'll see how it goes. I ended up actually planting um, two potato bags, three big pots, and the potato bed, and then another planter out in the garden, uh, the silver one you'll see here in a minute. So that went very well. They've actually just started to sprout now. Um, so in the next couple of days, I'll wait, I'm waiting for the rest of them to come up, and then I'll put another couple inches of soil on them. And at the same time we're planting potatoes, we also have to plant seeds because I'm planting seeds directly into the ground right now in the East Garden, um, which is the one that has that bigger bed in it. But then the West Garden, which was the Winter Garden, um, that is things that I'm sprouting in pots and that'll go in there. And then some tomatoes I'm sprouting in pots will go in the East Garden. So let's see how we plant seeds in pots.
All right, we're planting tomatoes. So start tomatoes indoors about mm, three, four weeks before you're gonna plant them outside. I could actually probably plant them outside right now, but the yard's not there yet. So we are starting the seeds outside. Um, but we live in a climate where we can do that because I think the danger of the frost is over. So I've labeled my pots. I cleaned them out with peroxide and then I labeled them. So homestead tomato and the date that I'm planting them for homestead tomato, for moneymaker tomato. And then I filled each pot with dirt and I made a hole just to my first knuckle. And then moving on from there. So I actually want to put two or three seeds in each pot to make sure that they sprout. So one, two, and I want to save some to plant outside later because I want to stagger the planting so that I get them at different times. So I'm not, I don't end up with like bushels and bushels of tomatoes all at once. Two, three, yeah. Come on, fall. Three. One, two. Three. All right. So that's the first ones. And then I'm just going to cover the hole and we're good to go. Uh, quick tip get your soil ready nice and moist before you put the seeds in. That way you don't have to water later and wash the seeds out. That's it. So planting seeds is so easy. And personally, I, I don't like to use gloves. Um, the only time I use gloves when I garden is if I'm working with something that has really bad thorns. And even then sometimes I don't, honestly, I just try and avoid the thorns. Um, I like having my hands in the dirt it's very refreshing. So, all right. And my tomato collection has grown. I actually have uh, 12 different varieties of tomatoes and I planted four pots of each with four seeds in each or two to three seeds, three to four seeds in each. So um, I'm going to have a lot of tomatoes. Hello friends. So I've been planting seeds all day. See everything's labeled. Ponderosa Red, East 55, Homestead, actually the Homestead and the uh, the Money Makers I planted yesterday, but labeled Golden Jubilee. Um, yeah. But as I was saying in the last video, 
a good hack is to get your soil wet before you put the seeds in it. So I have a bucket of rainwater that actually comes from my rainwater collector um, that I always like to water my plants with. And then I've got the last of the seed things here. And super easy. I just use my hand and I just dump the water in. I mean, I don't want to get it soaking wet, just enough because it's already a little moist. Just enough so that the seeds start to grow. And of course, Annie's helping. So, These are all wet. So I actually so have I've got the last of the tomatoes and then a flat of eggplants as well. And I'm gonna do peppers tomorrow. But I actually cut down a good spindly tree this morning, Annie, ay, 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 uh, to use as stakes. It's like 10, 15 feet tall each one. So I'm going to be planting some tomatoes that have already sprouted. Hopefully today or tomorrow after I till and planting the rest of the potatoes as well. I'm always more ambitious. I always think I'm going to get more done than I actually do because things always take longer than I think they will. Um, but so I haven't even gotten to planting the peppers yet, but that's okay. All in due time, we'll get there when we get there. So, all right. Nope, that's what we just said. Yep. All right. There you go. All right, so I made a little hole with the tip of my finger in each one of here, just the tip. And I put three or four seeds in each hole. I'm just gonna cover it up a little bit there. And our seeds are planted. We'll keep an eye on them, make sure they stay, the soil stays moist. And we should be seeing sprouts up here in about a week. Tomatoes grow super fast. Eggplants, nah, medium. Peppers grow slow. So, But the peppers, of course, being peppers, need more heat. So uh, I'll start them next, and they'll stay in pots for a bit longer than the tomatoes and the eggplants to give them a chance to grow up a bit before they go out in the yard. And that's that. So yeah, lots and lots and lots of tomatoes seedlings, and they have sprouted now. Um, so I have tons. I will have tons of tomatoes, and I'll probably end up putting half of them in my container garden which I'm going to expand and then I'll put the other half out in the garden garden 
Um, so there's, we are going to have lots, lots of food. All right. On to tilling. So much fun. So I just did the first pass with the tiller. The ducks are loving it. Holy shit, my hands hurt. I will say, um, I kind of had to do it three times because first I got the tiller stuck in the green fencing, the plastic fencing. So I had to cut all that out. And then I got it cut in the wire fencing. So I had to cut all that out. Look at that nice hole there. Um, anyway, so I'll have to repair that fence or put the green plastic back up. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna do a second pass going back and forth the other way. Man, that soil looks good. But I think I need to give my hands a rest first because they're still kind of vibrating. It's uh, not that easy. I'm getting a good workout for sure. I didn't take very much of a rest, honestly. I, I took like five minutes and then I went back to tilling and I tilled the whole yard on both sides. Um, There we go. I don't know why that wouldn't close for me. Okay. So. All right. I um, did not open properly. Here we go. Let's put this over here. Okay. All right. I didn't take that long of a break. I waited for my hands to stop vibrating and then I did this side. So see that side's done on the first pass. This side's done on the first pass. I dumped the pool. I'm waiting on this uh, to dry up a bit before I do the other side. So then I went and tilled the duck enclosure, the old duck enclosure, where the ducks lived when they were babies until the raccoons broke through. And oh my God, this dirt is beautiful. Yes soft. I mean, it's like perfect. I'm going to do soil testing on it, obviously, but it's just beautiful. Duck poop is great fertilizer. So I'm going to let the ducks do their thing in here. I don't even think I need to put compost in here. Although I am going to put some down in here because then I grow herbs in the concrete blocks there. And uh, I'm going to grow chicken and duck feed in here. Amaranth grain, some uh, smaller sunflowers, sprouts, salad greens, kale. They love kale, alfalfa, all kinds of good stuff. So that's going to go in here. And obviously the chickens and ducks have now gotten a lot braver in their explorations. So they go all over the yard now, um, which I'm happy with because I've gotten them out of the garden and I've gotten them used to being out of the garden. So. And then. Um, here we go. And I tried to get the ducks in the pond. We'll get to that. So. So I came out to check on the birds and start working in the garden. And I saw the ducks got brave and came out of the garden area. So they were over in the thicket. You want to go back in there? Or do you guys want to see this big pond? Come here. Maybe we'll let them in the pond for the first time. 
Come on, guys. Come on. Come here, duckies. It's like 80 degrees out. There's plenty of water. The biggest pool they've ever seen. There's other ducks in the pond. Come on, guys. So, we'll see how they do. Come here, duckies. It's okay. Come here, blueberry. Come here. Come here, blueberry. Come on. Blueberry. Look. Dude, there's a whole big pond you can swim in. Come here, blueberry. Come on, guys. Come on. All right, now they've found the wood ash and they're eating that, which is fine. But there's all kinds of duckweed in there. Campbell, I know you see it. Come back this way. Come back this way. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. They were very tentative at first. And then All right. So the duck's going into the pond at polka dot. I see your question. I will definitely get to it. Um, we'll be going over that actually here shortly, but let's enjoy the ducks for a little bit because they're so much fun and they're so cute. And they're really so sweet. All right. Let's see who's brave enough to go in the pond first. Mm -hmm. What's down there? What's down there? What's that? Let me guess. Khaki's going to go in first. What is all that? What is... Oh, Khaki's the little oh brown one. Oh, my goodness. One. What do you guys think? I mean, it's great to drink. You want to go for a swim? There's so much duckweed in there. All right, maybe Blueberry's going to go. Blueberry's nope. the one right in the middle. The big growing drake. I think it's going to be Rebel. Yep. Rebel's on the far right. 
No, Rebel's right there in the next to Blueberry. Inching forward. And that's Campbell on the far left. My khaki Campbell Drake. Look at all that awesome water, duckies. to go swimming. Oh. Sweet ducks. I still wonder how long their memory is because it didn't take that long. Look at their little butts wagon. They're so happy. When you're having a rough day, when I'm having a rough day, when the world's got me down, when I feel like everything's gone to shit, I just go sit outside with the chickens and the ducks. It's so relaxing. Being outside with the animals in nature, you know, there's really very little that's better than that. We've forgotten how to talk to them. We need to learn how to talk to our animals again. These are the things that we've forgotten. You know, the world is so hectic and everything's so crazy. And all we care about is what's on TV. Well, not you guys, but most of the world... When really, 
these are the things that are important. Growing your own food, having animals, being in nature, being self-sufficient, taking care of yourself, taking care of your family. And this was about 30 seconds before, about five minutes before the gator showed up, by the way. This was still their first time in the pond. And there's a little duck porn for you, too. Sorry. That's what happens. They got so brave for a few minutes there. Look at Campbell spreading his wings and loving it. Playing in that water, eating up that duckweed, getting it on. And then the gator showed up. Which unfortunately I did not get on video. Because I saw the gator, I was not videotaping, and I dropped my phone, and instead I ran for my gun. Um, so the ducks can fly a little bit. Um, they don't fly very much because they were raised in captivity, and they don't migrate. So, I mean, they, they can fly in a, you know, a situation, but not very, not very far like that. That's blueberry. And that's what brought the gator. <sighs> Unfortunately,
seeing right there, like they got an idea that something was in the water, but they weren't sure what. So they all kind of flew out real quick. Um, and they went back in. See Blueberry over there in the corner. He's like, nah, there. And then the gator showed up. And I ran for my gun. And now there's yet another gator. Uh, he was sitting on the bank this morning. And I shot him, but I didn't get him in the eye. So he's got a slug in his skin, but he's not dead. So, which is too bad. Because it would have been really nice to have killed him on the bank. Because then I wouldn't have to go fish him out of the damn pond. But anyway, back to building the garden with the chickens. So I thought my exit seemed uh, light since I'd been letting the girls out. And sure shit, I came over to check on this one. Honestly, I thought she was dead. She was sleeping so soundly taking a dirt bath. And what do I see but this? So, now I understand why there's Easter egg hunts. Once I let the girls out, they decided to find someplace else in the sawgrass to build a new nest. Um, so some days they lay out in the yard and some days they lay in the coop and I never know which day is which. So, um, you know, I, uh, I have to go on an Easter egg hunt like every freaking day. But actually, I want to bring this up again real quick. Look at all the different colors of eggs, right? I have nine chickens. Um, I have... Uh, I have five different kinds of chickens. So I get five different colored eggs. Like I get brown eggs, blue eggs, green eggs, light brown eggs, white eggs, and pink eggs. And I mean, they're get different kinds of chickens. If you're going to get chickens, like get different kinds. All the different kinds of eggs are so cool. So like, I love my Easter egger eggs, the, the pretty ones. Um, the blue ones and the green ones, but honestly, they're not that big. So, all right. There you go. Um, actually, that's not the one I want. Hold on one second. All right, back to my right, building the electroculture garden. And we've come a long way from where we started. Right. So here we are today. All right, so yesterday I built my electroculture garden, or the start of the framework of it. Of course, my phone died in the middle of it. So, there we go. And I also built a, started a couple chalices. So, you can see here. This is the start, right? I got copper wire going all the way around here in a spiral continues over here 
and I'm going to put some more over here. I've got a bed going in here tomorrow and more over here. And then I've got to do that one. But we're making progress. It's good stuff. So that wasn't today. That was actually uh, two days ago. And yeah. Come on. There we go. All right. So I got my grid laid out. So I have see the copper wire there. I have an eight foot square here. Back up. Thirteen foot square there. Uh three by three, two by two, one by one by one by one, five by five. And then this is 21 feet. It actually extends out into the garden a bit, but that's okay. So now to put the stakes in. The first two go where those orange stakes are. We'll see how it goes. So for my Fibonacci sequence garden, let me get, show you guys what I'm talking about here. Um, share differently here. Let's see if I can do this. Maybe not. Oh, no, I think I had it. Yeah, I put it in here. So uh, Fibonacci sequence, if you guys aren't familiar, turned out to be almost the exact size of my gardens. So um, two different, the two different gardens. And I lost it. There it is. Okay. So for a Fibonacci sequence, um, you have a 21 foot square, 13 foot square, eight foot square, five foot square, three foot square, two foot square, and then two one foot squares, right? So I put my first stake here in the corner of the one foot square, well, where the the one foot, um, the two foot and the three foot meet. And then the other one down here where the two one foot squares meet the five foot square. And then over here where the two one foot squares and the two foot square meet the eight foot square. And then another one up here where the, uh, two foot and three foot square meet the 13 foot square. And then another one here. Uh, so I have one, two, three, four, five, six, another one over here, where the eight foot and 13 foot square meet um, seven. And I ended up with seven in my garden because this one would have been in front of my big oak tree, technically out of the yard. Um, so that's the, that Fibonacci spiral sequence that you see. And I'm using them to stake up tomatoes um, and other things. So I've planted all kinds of interesting things in there. So I think I'm moving backwards here a little bit. That's okay. All right. All right, friends, it's building day. I'm very excited. So 
Mick was kind enough to leave me a tape measure and I have some copper wire. I'm going to start by gritting out my area because we're going to do an electroculture Fibonacci sequence structure. I don't know that anyone's ever combined those two things before. So we're going to see what happens. So let's see if I can set this up to record. And we'll be right back. Okay. And it didn't work for me to set it up to record, by the way, but that's okay. So then I laid out the grid and then I put in the stakes. And now I have this very cool, funky structure. I'm not sure, quite sure what this video is. I was having some trouble uploading them from my phone to the computer today. All right, I got a lot of work done today. I got the chicken coop shoveled out and I got the east garden completely killed. See all the pretty rows there? So I can get that started to get built tomorrow. Designed and built. And then I got all this um, compost and stuff from the chicken enclosure in here that the chickens are working on digging through. So the next couple days, they'll dig that down. I'll till that and then we'll build up on that side. But looking pretty good. They're hard at work, aren't you? So all those leaves that I had um, when I cleaned out the garden and I put in the chicken enclosure, the chickens pretty quickly turned them into like this layer of compost and I shoveled it all out and I put it over there, um, even though there was already good compost over there just to make it a, a thicker bed. And I just dumped wheelbarrows full of it in there and let the chickens dig through it and they dig out all the... they basically turn it again and they dig out all the good stuff. And uh, yeah, so let's take a look at what my seeds that we planted have done. I can once again, find my mouse here. Yep. All right, I just came to check on my tomato seeds, sprouts. Yesterday they were looking a little sad. I only had one or two sprouts, so I watered them. And now, look at this. All these guys are starting to sprout up. And starting to come up too. These guys, still a day or two. Just a little bit there. Those guys not yet. So, we're going to have tomatoes soon. Ooh. All right. And then So this was 
actually yesterday. All right, so the thing about the antenna is you want to put it hmm, six inches to a foot down into the ground so that it activates all the soil. So I dug a hole there. Got my giant antenna here. Just put it right in the ground. There you go. Take the dirt back over it. And press it down there. There we go. My electroculture antenna is in. Man, that thing is tall. All right. If you want to see how to build an electroculture antenna, I did that too, obviously. All right, let's build another electroculture antenna, a slightly smaller one that I'm gonna put in the herb bed. So again, start by wrapping the bottom a couple times around, nice and tight. Twist it off. Go. And then Turn your stick counterclockwise in the south, clockwise in the north. Twist the copper wire all the way around. Done here. And then at the top, tight, nice and tight. Leave some wire at the end. Cut it off. I like to make a little curly cue, kind of spiral it around, and that's it. So that's how you make an electroculture antenna. And all the wood I use is stuff that I've I've either cut down in my yard or found around the yard. Um, obviously, I have lots of yard to use, so. Right. 
and I built a bunch of structures, a bunch of trellises, things um, for things to grow up, and planted a bunch of stuff. So polka dot. Um, this was uh, this is actually four feet across by uh, ten feet long, and I planted a whole bunch of stuff in here. So you have a small space to use. You can really put a lot of stuff in here. All right, I had a pretty productive day. So I just finished building a double TB trellis here. I also got some netting up so that the birds can't get in on this side. And I actually used a closet rack here because I'm going to grow something up that. Probably beans, cucumbers, something. Anyway, um, trellises over here and they're done on both sides. I'm just starting to get some herbs sprouting here. That's the mint. See, it transplanted just fine. These grapes didn't come back yet. We'll see. Um, so I got a new one. I got that one there. And then, the rosemary that I transplanted. And the lavender here. And this grape did come back, probably because there's a copper wire literally running like right next to it. But I planted another grape here as well. And then over here, inside the heart of my, my Fibonacci spiral here. So I've got a, a broccoli. Actually, I've been in a plant holder for a very long time building a root system, um, like months. Now it's gonna grow big. Uh, here, where these stakes are, I actually have kohlrabi, one, two, three rows of kohlrabi, and then um, two cells of beets in between each one. I'm going to put some salad greens on the top here to let it all grow up, and got some tomatoes, my winter tomatoes I called them, that transplanted themselves from seedlings that are going to go up here. I planted okra in here next to those. So each open one has okra in it. And then progress beans in here and in here. So beans around each of the stakes and beans in here too. And, and then going down the center, got a bunch more to plant carrots and onions and tomatoes and all kinds of good stuff. Going in the ground. All right. And so I actually planted in here. Um, on the outside, I planted a row of bunching onions and then uh, the cucumbers that are going to go up the trellis. And then just inside, uh, I planted a row of carrots. And then all in here is all salad greens, um, another row of carrots down here, and then the cucumbers going up the other side as well. So I'm going to have all of that food in a four foot by 10 foot space, plus the okra, the beans, um, the kohlrabi, the beets. The thing about beets, if you remember that, uh, or if you guys heard on one of the other shows that we did, um, beets, if you plant three seeds together, you don't. They, you don't have to thin them. They actually compete for, they make them grow bigger. Like they encourage them to grow bigger. 
kind of crazy. So let's see. This one is. Thank you. Morning, birdies. <laughs> you guys ready to come out? I have cobwebs all over me. You ready to come out? Hi, Beakers. Everybody out. All right, Beakers, you come too. So now they rush to come out. They get very excited to come out. So. Okay. All right, so I got a lot of work done yesterday, but my phone died, so I didn't get to video a lot of it. Oh. So, I secured this fence a little better, drove these two into the ground here, and secured the fence on there. And I'm starting to build these beds today. So these will have a stake in each hole, a tomato on either side going back and forth. Um, but the tomatoes are still growing yet. So in the meantime, we're going to put turnips and carrots um, Radishes, actually. in the middle here. Of course, turnips are a super quick crop. So Radishes. when the first turnips come out, the tomatoes will go in. Over here, I got a whole lot done yesterday. This is amazing. So, and I laid out little tiles for my path here. So I know where it ends. And so these trellises are done, right? Each one is tied up. There are cucumbers planted all down here. So they'll come right up the trellises. On the outside here, there's actually a line of bunching onions designated by that stake. Those two stakes in there are rows of carrots. In between are two salad beds and uh, more carrots. Yeah, carrots are more uh, cucumbers down the other side. Then I got some tomatoes in here. So this guy is going to climb up the stake. And this guy is going to stake there. And this guy over here, of course, is going on that stake. I have some more tomatoes to plant as well. Uh, we'll get to that. And this grape I tied up here. And I'm waiting to see if things come up like potatoes, which aren't quite there yet. They have a couple more days. The other potatoes that I planted have sprouted. I also planted this as a full salad bed. So there'll be all kinds of mixed salad greens in there and a mixed herb bed here. Man, that asparagus is beautiful. That is right for the picking too. That'll be an asparagus. There's a couple others in here as well. The herbs are starting to come back. Now the ducks have finished eating them. And I planted a bunch of other herbs in here. Just seeds, really just put them all in, kind of spread them around with my hand in the dirt and watered it down. So they will be mixed herbs all through here. Getting a lot done.
getting a lot done. So um, the herbs are really good to plant next to, or to plant brassicas next to the herbs keeps some of the uh, the nasty buggy, buggies away. So. All right. Yes, I use a lot of concrete blocks. Um, they're great for holding stakes and uh, herbs that like to spread things you don't want to take over. Um, but, you know, they hold things in, they can designate to rows. So, and they're relatively inexpensive. All right, so I got the next beds laid out. So we're gonna have, let's see, two, four, six, eight, ten. 12 tomato plants down each row. So they'll be staggered, uh, six on either side. And then there's four feet in between the rows. So right now I'm gonna start planting turnip seeds. So I will plant turnip seeds where the tomatoes are gonna go. And then when I pull the turnips, I'll put the tomatoes in. And then I'm gonna put carrots and onions in the middle as well. Um, so I'll do a row of turnips down here where this row of tomatoes will go, a row of turnips here where that row of tomatoes will go, and then a row of carrots, onions, carrots, turnips. Again, turnips, carrots, onions, carrots, turnips, and then the last row of turnips here. And should be golden. But first thing I need to do is put some compost down because this is just straight soil in here. See the difference? That bed is compost, this bed is soil. So, time to go get some compost. And I was, I kept getting turnips and radishes confused in my head while I was making this video. Um, it's actually radishes that are a super quick crop. So it's radishes that I planted, they're ready in three weeks, 22 days from the time that they sprout. Um, they're ready. So I planted 150 radishes. And when the radishes come up in three weeks, the tomatoes will go in, not turnips. I did plant turnips as well, but um, not there. Turnips take about two months, 60 days. Still not bad. All right. So I made one, two, three, four, five furrows with my fingers. And I planted the seeds in there. See them here, seeds there, and there's evergreen bunching seeds in here. They're black, so you can't, there you go, see some in there, parsnips there. Cherry bell radishes there. This last one is going to be onion sets, which I probably should have done first, <laughs> but oh well, here we go. So and I know they seem like they're really close together, but that's what uh, intercropping is really all about. 
because it's about using maximizing your space. I I hate not using all the space. Honestly, it's just doesn't work for me. I don't like wasted space. All right, so the bed is all planted and watered, and everything else is watered. I think I'm done for the day, and labeled too. So good work today. We're gonna have a lot of food here, a lot of food. I didn't plant this yet bed yet because I need to be able to work on putting the stakes in this bed. So I'll do that and then I'll plant this bed and that way we don't have everything harvesting at the same time anyway. Not a week or two in between. Yes, and make sure to don't plant everything at the same time because then you have to harvest everything at the same time and can everything at the same time preserve everything at the same time or eat everything at the same time. Um, it doesn't work out that well. So try not to do that. And then this is probably almost the last one. All right. So I'll show y'all how to make an electroculture antenna, copper wire and a piece of wood. So since I'm in the South, we're running it counterclockwise. So I have this very long stick. So long I'm actually leaning it against my fence. So at the bottom, a copper wire and wrap it a few times. Around. Yeah. All right. I attach it at the bottom so it's nice and secure. Lip on it. And again, counterclockwise since we're in the south. Well, that didn't work. See if I can do this without dropping the phone. And now so, I'm upside down. Drugs are crazy. Let's see. All right, so I wanna just turn my stick so the copper wire goes around it. Nice and tight on it. Again, counterclockwise. I want it all the way up. This is a big one. All right, you'll get the idea on that. Sorry, I'm upside down there because my phone fell. And when I put it back up, it was upside down. Look at how that works. So, all right. And then last thing I did was try and keep the birds out. 
So my number one priority right now with the seeds going in the ground is keeping the chickens out of the garden. So to that end, but I don't want to keep the pollinators out. So I have put a series of whatever I could find, old curtain rod, closet rack, sticks. Electroculture antenna. A giant freaking two by four right here. And more sticks going all the way around. And I have bird netting because I have all kinds of random stuff like that laying around here that I am putting around the garden here and just securing it with twisty ties. It's actually super easy. So I secured the sticks with zip ties and then I'm securing the bird netting with garden ties. It's kind of hard to do one-handed. And that'll keep the chickens out, but allow bees and bugs a chance to get in. So my garden will be safe. There you go. So that's where I'm at. So I've gotten quite a lot done. Um, I anticipate having that east garden that's next to the pond done by the end of next week. And it's supposed to rain on Friday. So I want to have all the seeds in the ground by then. Um, so they can get a nice, good soaking at the same time. And then the following week, going into St. Patrick's Day, um, I will uh, get start working on the other side, which will be easier to secure because I can put bird netting down from the chicken enclosure, just straight down to the fence. Um, but that I'm going to build out as well. So, and that's going to be, that gets a lot more sun. So that's going to be more my sun garden where the east garden is more my shade garden. So that's East Garden has all like the the lettuces, the salad gardens, the um, broccolis, carrots, things like that, uh, and some of the tomatoes. I mean, the tomatoes closer to the back will get a lot more sun. So that's where I'm at. So for the next few weeks, we'll uh, we'll get to see things start to grow, and we'll see how it goes. So wish me luck. We'll see how that Fibonacci sequence electroculture structure works. Hopefully I will get a tremendous amount of huge food. I'm incredible vegetables. That's what I'm really looking forward to. So again, we'll see how it goes. Um, Mick and I will be back tomorrow with True Spiracy, continuing on with the book of Enoch. So tune in then at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard. Um, we are up to the third parable in the book of Enoch. Uh, it's going to take quite a few weeks to get through that. And then, of course, we'll be back Monday for a regular Patriot Party podcast at 6 p.m. Eastern, 545 for Lioness Lounge. So I hope you guys learned a lot. I'm certainly really excited. I spend most of my time right now out in the garden trying to grow as much food as I can to keep my family healthy because, you know, we've gotten us all off of just about all processed food except for what the kids sneak when they're at school um, or not at home. And, uh, you know, gotten Mick off of all big pharma drugs. Now my goal is to grow enough food, healthy food to keep us all healthy and grow enough herbs 
um, to make all kinds of medicines. So that's, that's where I'm at. So I hope you guys enjoyed and, uh, I will see you tomorrow. Thanks for watching.